0: Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank. It's a damn joined by Kevin. Hey, <laughs> Kevin, is has my been excited, a bit?
1: Hey, it's been a while.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you been lately? I know you're like crazy busy lately, dude. I've been ba- I've been crazy busy, but
1: anytime I get to watch anything, TV or play video games, man, I'm I'm loving what's going on right now. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 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 All the uh, between. Star Trek and Star Wars and uh, you know th- those are my bread and butter and uh my pro wrestling that's going crazy right now everything's everything's especially today today's
0: uh, yeah, wrestling <laughs> Great it's, day. it's the wrestling
1: weekend yeah I, it's for the company I don't watch but it's it's the big biggest wrestling weekend of the year for sure
0: Wrestlemania I don't watch wrestling but that's that's something you kind of catch up on <laughs> like, yeah I, I don't yeah. know personally I still kind of keep an eye on it
1: yeah I still do too, for sure yeah. yeah yeah um
0: all right we're gonna start off with our question this time is Who is your favorite sci-fi author? Do you have anybody in particular you think of?
1: I only have one because I don't read very many books. The books that I have read are Star Wars. And the Star Wars books that I've liked the most have all been from Timothy Zahn, who's a creator. Yeah, I bet they have been (laughs) the creator of the Thrawn trilogy. But it's not just because of Thrawn, it's because of the characters that he created in all those books and in the Mm -hmm. comics that were based on those books. Uh, Mara Jade Skywalker, one of my favorite characters. She was the the hand of the of the Emperor before becoming Luke Skywalker's wife in the books in the That's non-canon cool. books now right. and they had kids and everything together and it just he created a much more coherent uh what I thought was going to be episode 7 8 and 9 of Star Wars than what Disney ended up making so come on yeah, on right for there. sure
0: <laughs> yeah I just ordered that trilogy, actually. Um, I It's taking a while to get here because I made sure to order, like, used versions so that I'm supporting yada, yada, yada. Nice. But, <laughs> uh, they're on their way. But I do have, like, the first of the new trilogy. Have you read any of those? I've read
1: the first book and a half of the new okay. books. Yeah. How, how are they're those good. in comparison? The first one was really good. I enjoyed the first one okay. a lot. The second one, not as much. Like, they're, they're more about the character of Thrawn rather than big star wars stories like the the, yeah. the thron trilogy is
0: i can't wait to dig into that old school trilogy even though it's not canon anymore it's like the first time they brought up cloning and different things like that so it's uh, it's, gonna it's be pretty sick cool. man it's
1: there's also two other books that take the Thrawn duology that takes place i think after that and then there's books that take place in between that were written even after that that are all non-canon but they're all good books
0: oh man yeah so i'm looking look forward to diving into those doll cuz rebels and we're gonna be talking about that later on for me, my two favorite sci-fi authors—one is Kurt Vonnegut, which I think everybody knows. Kurt Vonnegut—he wrote—he wrote, he wrote like some of the golden age '60s uh, sci-fi, some real mind-bending stuff. Unstuck in Time—that whole process is just—or the whole idea is amazing. The other one I want to make sure to shout out is Christy Golden. She writes a lot of fantasy stuff, but she started out writing the books for Voyager post the show. Oh, so, cool. yeah, she kind of filled in that lore that we had questions for, like, hey, what happened to Seven of Nine? She answers all those questions. She specifically wrote a complete story for Janeway, like what how she decided to go to Starfleet and stuff like that. So really cool. That's Christy Golden. She's now writing basically all the World of Warcraft books and has even been tapped as one of the writers for the game itself. So clearly I'm a fan of hers and she's really nice on Twitter, guys. If you guys at her, she'll respond. She's super cool. Just the way she describes things, it's kind of like it's like light George R. R. Martin, where it's like, oh my God, I feel like I'm actually there and feeling the blades of grass. And the texture of this metal on this wall is super cool, so she's really good at that. I want to shout out to Grim Tales from Rainbow Falls, who says Harlan Ellison uh, says that their antics were legendary and stuff like that. So Harlan Ellison, which I know I've heard the name, I just haven't read anything from Harlan. Today's episode is brought to you by Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, here we go. Get ready to immerse yourself in a galaxy far, far away with this highly anticipated sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Jedi Survivor. With the official release date set for April 28th, 2023, you can now pre-order your copy for the game in one of the three amazing editions. Choose between standard deluxe or collector's edition and experience the thrills of being Cal Kestis with each edition offering unique cosmetic accessories. No matter what edition you choose, you're in for an unforgettable adventure as you explore the Star Wars universe with Cal Kestis. And with no microtransactions, you can enjoy the game without any additional cost. Pre-order your copy of Jedi Survivor today and you're ready to join the fight against the Empire. We're going to have links in the description, guys. Go ahead and pre-order that. We are also playing that game on stream day it releases, because I cannot freaking wait.
1: Bro, Respawn killing it, showing that uh, single-player games, are single-player Star Wars games are good, and can be good, and should be continued to be made. I love it. I can't wait for uh, this game.
0: Freaking great. And, and Kotaku, I think it was Kotaku, just put out an article saying, like, no, I think it was IGN even, which they don't put out stuff, you know, competitively like this, but they were saying, like, Live service games are exhausting and developers are sick and tired of making them. (laughs) They're profitable, but they're tired of making them.
1: Right. That's good. I mean, yeah, that's good. That's awesome. All
0: right. We're going to move on to some stories here. We have John Wick's getting a spinoff. It's coming out early 2024 called Ballerina, and starring Ana de Armas. Ana de Armas is tearing it up. She's super cool. Have you watched the recent John Wick or any John Wick? I...
1: Have talked. I talked about this at work like yesterday, literally yesterday, that I have not seen any of the John Wick movies, but it's not because I don't want to. It's insane. Like, I actually actively want to. I just haven't. It's crazy. So, no, I have not.
0: (laughs) They're pure eye candy. Just like the way he moves. It's super cool. Uh, They're totally worth a watch, of course. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I remember this month I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be busy. I've got, like, four movies at theaters. I'm going to watch every one of them at theaters. The first two I haven't watched yet. Shazam or John Wick. I'm just like, I don't know why, but like with all the options, now I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> I'm hoping to see Dungeons and Dragons this weekend. And then I've got, I've already bought the tickets for Mario, so that's locked in. So there we go. Uh, Spot, uh, Scott Pilgrim anime is in the works for Netflix. This is going to use the entire original cast. I freaking love this movie. Uh, Michael Sarah, I'm glad to see him back. Arrested development's in my blood. So I just freaking love him. Uh, did you end up watching Scott Pilgrim when you were younger? <laughs>
1: Uh, this is going to be a, a theme throughout oh the, the next couple quickies, but uh, no, no, I have not. Okay. Didn't play the game either. That was based on the movie. I think the widely successful game that was yeah, also the based very on a wildly successful game. comic. Yeah, right, right. I haven't read the comic either.
0: <laughs> the game <laughs> was free on Epic, even. <laughs> yeah, I missed it. All right, so uh, we're going to be inviting Kevin onto challenge accepted. <laughs> he has much to do. Yes. So we're doing that. Uh, Demon Slayer, for you Demon Slayer fans out there, I am a new one. Uh, They're going to be simulcasting season 3 premiere that's coming April 19th, or April 9th, I'm sorry. Uh, What's really cool about this, and something that I'm kind of new to as just like a glancing fan of anime and a brand new fan of manga, is this is a thing where Crunchyroll aired at the exact same time as they do in Japan. So you could actually watch it as, because I remember there's so many things as a slight anime fan where you're like, oh wait till you get to this ep- or this season or whatever, and I'm like, I feel like I'm so left behind, which as an American, we're oftentimes the one premiering things first. I get that, but yeah, so this is pretty cool. Demon Slayer is really awesome. I've, I've just been reading it. I haven't watched it yet. It's super cool. Ryan Coogler is bringing back X-Files for revival. Sounds like it'll be the original cast plus a new cast. Have you watched X-Files? I'm assuming that one. Yes. Okay. okay. Is yes. yes okay. I have
1: seen a lot. I think it's the same night the as wrestling
0: back in the day. So I think it was a pretty safe <laughs> one.
1: <laughs> I don't remember much of the movie or movies. I think there were a couple different movies, Mm -hmm. like one more recent. And then one that was like right after the show ended. Yeah. But I I definitely remember the show for sure.
0: Yeah. it, It kind of was like our generation's version of twilight zone. Yeah. And, uh, some of the weirdest. I remember my, one of my favorite episodes was this girl who didn't realize she controls the weather. And so it was based on her emotions. And then they're like, you ever notice how you're always sad when it's raining? He's like, yeah, that's everybody's like, no, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> it was super well done. So, Ryan Coogler's voice too. Uh, the way he he's really good with representation. I think that show could use because I couldn't tell you if there was anybody of color on that show. So, Ryan Coogler's gonna add some some uh, diversity to a show that needs it. That's gonna be awesome. All right, State of Star Wars. That's what we're talking about right now. Uh, we're at a point now. Where there's a lot of discussion going on with both. The end of Bad Batch season two. I'll do a short review for that, kind of no spoilers. Uh, But also, The Mandalorian's halfway through, and we kind of see where it's going now. Currently, with Star Wars stories, where do you think Mandalorian's headed?
1: I'm gonna refer back to I'm one episode behind on The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Just gonna throw that out there. So whatever happened in this last week, I don't know. Um, We started talking about The Mandalorian when the last trailer dropped. I think it was me, you, and Kyle all on an episode of Geek Freaks and I think that I said that it was leading to Bo-Katan trying to take back Mandalore and uh, Din Djarin being the reluctant person who ends up doing it with Grogu speaking his first words being this is the way. I think that is all still kind of where the season's going. I think I'm still <laughs> on track with all of that.
0: I am but... ready to lose my mind for Grogu speaking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: It was so cool.
1: Heck yeah. And all the the... Uh, updates to the toys that can come out, new toys that can be sold oh, when he actually god. starts talking. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a money maker. For, for it's like sure. I like how
0: every time they give him one piece of armor, because like oh god, it's a new Funko Pop was with that one piece <laughs> every time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so I I love that I really can't tell what katan's character is this season. If she is mm-hmm. actually becoming um part of the way, you know, a, a child of the way or whatever the uh, of the watch, children of the watch. The watch. I don't know if yeah. she's like. Becoming that like legitimately, or if she's just making everybody think she is, so that she has more backup to get the mythosaur and actually rise to power on on Mandalore. Like she saw that mythosaur in the bottom of the ocean and or so the, the ocean, the, the living waters and stuff. Yeah, it's it's so much lore that it's actually hard for me to keep up with because I'm getting you older, which is it's, crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's 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 really cool that there's so much lore for me, too much lore for me to keep up with that it's I, I'm forgetting stuff and remembering stuff at random. It, yeah. It's exciting. I'm loving
0: it. Do you think Bo-Katan has proven herself as a worthy leader? Because she's made so many mistakes in the past. She's inspiring, sure, but she's made a lot of mistakes.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that's what she's trying to do. Maybe she's trying to prove to herself that she still can be a leader because she has failed several times in trying to uh, take back Mandalorian to be a leader um, and to be the kind of leader maybe that her sister was back in the Clone Wars. Um, Maybe not to the pacifist extent, but in general, to believe in something strong enough to be able to lead people strong enough. But I, yeah, the character, I was going to the last thing I want to say about Bo She is so well written. And Katie Sackhoff is such a good actor that she she's nailing this part. She's it's got me it's Googling
0: Battlestar Galactica and stuff. Watch yeah. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so she is outstanding, and then yeah, she's got Satine to look up uh, to the entire time. Uh, I think we're kind of being introduced to a brand new character through her, and it's her father who sounds like he was much more traditional, and because he also followed this as a way <laughs> mentality. And she's starting to realize that, like, look, I don't like even her sister. I think failed in the sense she didn't bother to representing everybody, and I think I think we're seeing Bo-Katans realize realizing, like, oh, I need to represent everybody if I'm going to be a leader. And there are definitely values in the old ways, and there's a reason that we're Mandalorians and not just you know another member of Coruscant or something like that. So, uh, her character is super dope, and I think that's what we are leading for in this season. Meanwhile, I think we're also developing this other story going on. We've seen with like the Tie Fighters that attacked her and and Din. Uh, Everything's leading to Thrawn. I think is is the key here. Can Thrawn save the Star Wars movies that already came out? I kind of think like. Thrawn, with his, you know, endorsement of the cloning we've seen from from the books and stuff like that, that he could actually make bringing back Palpatine a good idea and a good thing.
1: I I don't know if it's okay. I do think so. Yes. Um. That's the short answer. The longer answer is that anything that uh Dave Filoni and John Favreau do will make the sequels better because that's I think that's their goal. I think we I think we talked about that too. Um. Before the show started, before the season started, that that's what they do is they fix Disney's mistakes by making such good content that ties in with the the existing stuff that it makes it all make sense. They make it all make sense, and Thrawn is the the perfect character. He's the he's got just enough mystique about him that really they can go any direction they want with that character. Yeah, and I I'm, I'm here for it.
0: And then, you know, the third of the, I think it's the third of the newer book, I was just kind of catching like, what are these stories? And it's all about him and Darth Vader working together uh, to return to a planet where he was with Anakin. And, uh, and it's just like the idea that there is first off a non-human in that high in the empire itself is impressive, but that he's on par with Darth Vader and they, they both respect each other. Darth Vader doesn't respect anybody, apparently Palpatine, (laughs) you know, We've seen that, that, that there's been moments where he's like, hey, Luke, let's join up type of everything. So um, I'm impressed with that idea. I think that we're, we're going to get like a defender situation. I think they might actually make a series where we see Ahsoka, where we see the ghost crew, which, by the way, are confirmed um, and stuff like that for Ahsoka. I think we're going to see them all come together and create like a maybe movie or a series that's focused on taking Thrawn out. Do you think that's possible?
1: I think that's what the Ahsoka TV show is going to be. Okay. I, I'm so more I'm likely to have Mando confident. show up. Right. Yeah. I I don't know if how much of, of that stuff is going to... I think they're going to tease it in this season of Mandalorian, if at all. Like, me. If it were me, I wouldn't even tease it because they already had Ahsoka in the last season, and her, she ended up asking where is Grand Admiral Thrawn, and I think that's enough of a teaser for her own spin-off yeah. series. That's where I wanted that to just leave until her show was airing, but yeah, I think that's going to be the entire premise of Ahsoka, the TV show.
0: Yeah. And then uh, just just to kind of push on that a little bit more, uh, I know you haven't seen the latest episode. Everybody's seen it. We do have Zeb from Rebels on mm. Mandalorian now. I think he looks great. I was very happy to see him. Original voice actor and everything. Oh, nice. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, it's in the credits, too. Had to check. <laughs> we also have confirmation that we have Vanessa Marshall that's going to be on Ahsoka. Not necessarily as Hora or whatever. I can't remember her name, but. Not necessarily is that, but we do know that she's part of the show, and we have confirmation that Sabine herself is on the show as well. And the ghost is also there. So everything's there. Uh, Chopper, (laughs) it's a whole crew, is going to be on Ahsoka. That's going to be cool. We no confirmation on Ezra yet. The second we have Ezra, we have Thrawn. We know that much.
1: I was going to say, I was going to go the other way. The second we have Thrawn, we have Ezra. (laughs) 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 That's what I was going to say.
0: Those purgles work in uh, mysterious ways. (laughs) So we're going to be getting (laughs) I, I I binged all of Rebels and Bad Batch in one month it's been a very Dang. very big month of star wars for me
1: <laughs> that is a massive lore dump for you it is.
0: <laughs> so i'm sitting there on the couch just like my mind blown it was like there's so much more in star wars than i ever thought <laughs> it's not just red Le- oh man the death of maul oh what a scene oh Anyways. right is he the chosen one? <laughs> oh, oh, the man i man it's
1: so good so good
0: Oof, goosebumps <laughs> uh looking at bad batch which much like rebels and clone wars the first season was like eh. The second season was, okay, I get it now. They're leaning in on the Thrawn books, the old ones, where there's this grand cloning process. You could tell they're trying to build something together. What are they working on? Why do they? And then the other thing that they're working on, too, is what happens to the clones after Order 66? Do you still use them? Well, the 501st does, but everybody else doesn't. And uh, the idea that they need to be phased out and or, you know, removed or modified. Uh, It's very, very good season, in my opinion. I think it's the season that starts uh, Bad Batch in the right direction. It even fixes Omega's character to where she's tolerable. So you got to check that out.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's 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 good. That's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's not she's not as bad. The voice actor's still the same, but whatever. Um, So I do suggest you guys watch Bad Batch. But the big thing there is that they're working on a cloning facility. And again, with Mandalorian, we know cloning's a big deal. I think the easy answer is Palpatine. Are they possibly cloning anything else? Maybe like what we saw in the Thrawn books.
1: I, I was thinking that they're going to try to explain Snoke before they get to um, cloning Palpatine. Okay. Uh, that would be what I would. I mean, they made such a big deal of the character of Snoke in episode seven and then killed him off quickly in eight. Oh, like, it sucked. I I, I kind of want some reason for that, like the whole reason that he was in Star Wars to begin with. Give me some of that first. Like, was he a cloning mistake? That was the popular theory: is that he he was a mistake in the process of trying to clone Palpatine. And I, I want to see that before I see yeah. the whole Palpatine thing. I think.
0: I that's a very good point. Him and him and General Grievous are like almost wasted characters. And yes, Phasma, actually. And and it would be nice to use these great connectivities that we're getting now to kind of like, hey, let's get some Phasma story. Let's get let's learn where Grievous came from. Um and and yeah, Snoke, really a good one because I was on board with Snoke. I didn't necessarily think he was great or anything like that, but like, hey, if this is the villain, then this is the villain. I'm on board.
1: That's what I felt yeah. too.
0: Yeah. Uh then that sudden death, and I was like, there's another movie coming, right? <laughs> What's going on with this? Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right there. Um, okay, so we have thrawn coming in and i think he's going to be something that'll be like a resurgence of a villain so good if done right and it sounds like mickelson's coming back to play him so even better <laughs> um i think he's gonna be so good that we might have some actually have like a redemption for star wars and whole i hope they just give dave filoni the movies but why are we messing around with different directors right this seems crazy to me uh what are your predictions for the future of star wars after everything's said and done i honestly
1: hope that they go in it a- Whatever they do with Ahsoka and Thrawn, I hope that this kind of ties in between episodes six and seven, and then we just get out of the Skywalker era Completely. altogether. I I think Kyle's been saying this for a while. You've probably mentioned it a couple of times. I am fully on board with. After they tell the story that they need to to make seven, eight, and nine make sense, just go to the future and let's oh, wow. see new stories with the new Jedi Order and new good guys versus new bad guys. I don't need anything referencing what I already know, besides whatever TV shows they want to keep alive until you know, <laughs> until the TV shows die,
0: or or the other way with it, go a thousand years back because a thousand years back is so much cool shit with I Darth like Revan, and we actually have the Mandalorian War with the Jedi, like it's everything you you could imagine would be cool, and I think I would I'd be on board with that too. It might be hard, like you think you're right, we need to like settle what we have got going on now before we move forward because it might be hard yeah. for mainstream audience to understand a thousand years back. I don't know how many times I got to explain to people like, no, oh, this is like game of Thrones, but it's like 300 years ago for house of dragons.
1: The fact that the Mandalorian and the bad batch take place like 30 ish years apart or 20, 25, 30 years apart. And they're airing at the same time, like on, on the same week. That's confusing enough. Yeah. A yeah. hundred at a thousand years to that. And it's just like, Nope, I'm, I'm, I'm too old for this shirt. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Bro. I was thinking, cause of course I'm just like watching so much now. Um, I was thinking how outstanding if Respawn decided to make a Halo-esque Rex story, where like the first game takes place during the Clone Wars and ends with Order 66, second game, Bad Batch stuff, and he's like trying to represent, because you haven't seen this part basically, but he's now trying to just basically save clones that are now discovering they regret their decision to, what they think is their decision, to turn on Jedis, so he's saving clones. Boom. Third game. He's this old man out there fishing in the sands, man. And and you join the rebels. And in the last game, you're on Endor. It's it's you're actually fighting alongside Ewoks. Oh, I mean, so shit. perfect.
1: Dude, that'd be that'd be awesome. And then he's just spit all over my keyboard. <laughs> Rex is one of those characters that I did not expect to be such a big deal in Star Wars. Like they introduced the character of Commander Cody in. Yeah. Thinking of uh, Attack of the Clones or Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith, and I thought he was going to be the clone that everything was going to be based on. But they made Rex, and Rex is this badass. And he was like the right hand of of Anakin, yeah. And he was just always there. And then he's you see him in the future. I, I would love to see those in between moments and be able to play as him for that. That'd be great.
0: It's just so tailor made in each game. You'd get like a new group of friends to play with based on the show that you're going through right now. You're basically yeah.
1: making Anthem, but you're making it sound good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there we
1: go. Oh my God, don't bring up
0: Anthem. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, Rex is dope. And then uh, speaking of that, yeah, the entire time you'd have Cody as his counterpart oh, and yeah. the guy that decided to stay with the Empire and, and how he's because they do bad batch. <laughs> Cody's there. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I hope that they sometime take that advantage and, and go with it. He's such a cool character. All right, moving on to E3. 2023 got canceled. I I think we could both agree that E3 lost its way for a while now and I believe it's dead at this point. What do you think?
1: I think so too. They E3 was the de facto show for decades. Like it was yeah. the show. Uh then you had PAX which was kind of the half of E3 where you play the games and it's not much for the like spectacle, the grand stages of uh press conferences. It was just, you know Hands-on controllers, playing stuff. So, PAX is that, and now Summer Game Fest is the the live presentation from the the big companies, the press conferences. E three had half and half. Like they were just caught in the middle, didn't yeah. really decide what they wanted to do, and these other two things blew up to the point where it's like we have this, we have that. Let why do we need a show that has both when we're already getting all the information anyway? Yeah, E right. three is dead. I think it's redundant.
0: I think it's re- that's a really good way to put it. And then again with the pandemic every every company learned how hey, we could do these live streams a lot cheaper yeah. cuz it cost them 150 to 250,000 to present at E3 for um the big 3. And uh yeah, I, I watched the Xbox events, we live stream them. They could do multiple a year. Nintendo does one every 2 months. And uh they they don't have to share the stage with anybody. Right. When some of my favorite moments have been when Sega goes up there and announces their price to shut down Nintendo or when, you know, playstation puts together an overnight video of them sharing discs something that the xbox couldn't do that was awesome yeah <laughs> but i do miss the thing where like uh daniel and squeaks would take three days at jonathan too would take three days off of work and we'd sit there it's the only time back in the day i used to go on IGN. now i go every day but um and we'd watch the live stream from the house we'd get pizza every single day and be bums and watch video game news it was freaking awesome <laughs> and that's just not going to be attached or uh, uh, captured again i think you know Jeff Keighley and the Summer Game Fest. What are your thoughts on this guy?
1: Uh, my thoughts on Jeff Keighley?
0: He's he's he is Summer Game Fest, so I can't I can't detach the two myself. No.
1: Uh, well, uh, to me, he's he's more uh, video game awards or the the game yeah. awards than some, uh, Summer Game Fest is his second child, I guess. But yeah. Jeff Keighley is he's he means well. <laughs> he's a little over overly friendly with advertisers. I think like mm-hmm. it's, it's a very big advertisement and it, it it's a good show. All of his shows end up being good to for what they are. Um, I don't think a game awards show is quite necessary, but he's made it what it is. And I, yeah. I do watch it every year because of what he's made it. He's, he's very big on video games. And I think he helps keep video games in the mainstream, the way that they are, the way that I think they deserve to be.
0: I don't know what it is. He just bugs me. I, it's I, I just
1: advertiser it. friendliness is what it is. It's totally, everything yeah. it is a out. chance for him to sell something and for him to make it's a transaction. Yeah.
0: Everything's transactional, that's, but that's business. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's it is. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's like E3. I think E3 could have been saved if you just let the big three come for free and then everybody else pays to come in. Like, that's right. how you make money. But By no, you way, lost the three anchors.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I do want to mention that Star Wars Jedi Survivor is coming out April 28th and there's a link in the description where you can pre-order yes, it I, I'm just saying advertising's not always a bad thing I know. <laughs> especially yeah, when that's... you're passionate about what you're advertising which exactly. when I saw that we were, we were uh, doing the Jedi Survivor sponsorship I'm like holy shit that's awesome because the game is going to be incredible and yeah. I don't have to feel like I'm putting my name on something that I'd be ashamed to put my name behind um, yeah. I, I think that Jeff <laughs> Keeley feels the same way about almost everything that he advertises I think that's that's just who he oh, is Oh, that's
0: a- That's a good way. That's a good redemption statement right there is that he actually (laughs) does like the things he's advertising. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, the thing that bugs me the most is he's, he's very opportunistic. And the moment that E3 was officially canceled, he put out a tweet saying like game fest, check out game fest and just got (laughs) dogged on in the comments. Like, bro, not the right time. I mean, at 1000 is percent the right time. I agree that it is. Yeah, for sure. But you suck. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of those things. It's like, what are you going to do? Um, I, you know, just, I, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm going to miss the thing. I think maybe we have a lot of comic cons we are going to actually, I'll go over those here in a second, but we have a lot of comic cons we're going to, but I think conventions in general, especially the big ones that are all about reveals. I think those are done with in general, not just E3. I think in general, some of the conventions we're heading to guys, if you guys we're going to be um, covering all these as media, but we'll be actually have a booth set, Some of them, we have dream hack uh, down in San Diego. That's coming this weekend. Uh We have, oh gosh, here's everything. Sinister Creature Con, which is a new horror... Not new, but it's new for us. It's a horror-themed uh, convention. We're going to be there. We got the Lodi and stackton Comic Cons in May and Ju- July. We got SAC Anime, which is the biggest like Northern California convention. We're going to be at that one. Fan Expo in late November. That's in San Francisco. Um, that one, I think we're going to have some very big interviews for. I'm really excited for that one. Uh, and then, of course, BlizzCon. We're going to be at that one. And that'll be uh, early November. So we're going to be at a lot of conventions. And just because we're not going to be... E- E3 is canceled, but we're also going to be live streaming all the Xbox and all those other announcements, as we always do. So come and join us for those. Sucks, but it is what it is.
1: I think that's my point with the E3 thing, is that we're still getting all the same information, regardless of whether or not E3 happens. I think yeah. that, that's, that's why it's redundant, and that's why it's not necessary. But all these other um, awesome conventions that are happening this year are necessary because they're all new, and they're all different things, and they're all going to be great. Mm-hmm.
0: The thing with the other conventions that I think went out and what Jeff is doing right is you actually learn from the actual developers and creators. So like when I go, when we go to Fan Expo, we're going to be talking to, you know, not to name any names that we're going to be talking to, but we're going to be talking to actors and stuff like that that are actually in the shows you really like. And that's cool. When, when I think E3 is more about like world premiere and we just saw trailers all day, which are, those are also cool, but yeah, you know, that can only go so far. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to Marvel. There's been a lot of changes over the last couple of weeks. Uh, first off, we know that Liv Tyler is returning as Betty Ross for Captain America and New World Order. This is the fourth Captain America movie. And it sounds like when I mean, we have Thunderbolt Ross shaping up to be a Hulk sequel. Uh, they kind of can't use Hulk right now. There's been talks about them, you know, making a deal with Universal. Um, Liv Tyler, though, she's badass. I lover from Lord of the Rings. So that's pretty cool. What are your what's your current? St- I know you're not like a super big Marvel guy, but what's your current thought process on the state of Marvel right now?
1: I think it's. I'm getting burned out for yeah. sure. Like I haven't even seen Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania yet. Like, uh, and I'm. Ex- I, I had tickets to it, and then I canceled almost okay. last minute.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: it's the first one that I'm not going to watch in theaters. I'm going to wait till it streams. The first one since yeah. I started watching them, I should say. Um, it, it, it's a little too much. My life is getting a lot busier anyway with other stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's. I am looking forward to Captain America New World Order specifically because the Captain America movies have all been standout, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. and just the idea of what the the phrase New World Order means. I am very excited to see what they're going to do as I'm trying to not speculate about what the movie is going to be without knowing too much about it. I'm also very excited for the possibility of them making the Hulk seem like a good movie. Like, I think... um, if if Lib Tyler's yeah. in it, they're going to try to redeem the Hulk movie in the same way that Dave Filoni is trying to redeem Star Wars 789. I, I, that's kind of where my mind went with that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's what happens because the Hulk yeah. movie was not good, was not good at all.
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, I the entire thing I was waiting for is him to say Hulk smash. And I was like, OK, I got what I wanted. I'm out. <laughs> you know, right. that's pretty much the entire movie. Yeah, Um, you're right, though. This could be a redemption thing. New World Order, much like with Winter Soldier and. Captain America movies are best, in my opinion, when they're spy thrillers, when they are this kind of like espionage. That's the this corner of This is very of, political. Of this
1: this yes. one seems like a very political spy thriller, yeah. which I'm very excited for.
0: And, and if you guys watched uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was the same exact thing, where it was a lot of that and uh, um, some social awareness and stuff like that, too, mixed in. It was, it was a good mix. Um, so I think that's what we're going to get with this, and I'm looking forward to that as well. The fact that we have her dad's now president is going to be very interesting. Thunderbolt Ross is president in this one, and we know that's leading to the Thunderbolt uh, movie. Next, we have Secret Invasion. We have two cast members. Their positions are revealed. So Olivia Coleman's going to be an MI6 agent. She sounds like, from what I've been looking at, she's going to be kind of like the M from 007, as in somebody, a leader in MI6, that's been tasked with taking down uh, this, you know, secret invasion <laughs> that's happening. Um, and then Amelia Clark, who Daenerys Targaryen forever, uh, is going to be Gaia. I think is how you say it. She's Talon's daughter, which we met in the 90s version, or Captain Marvel movie, which takes place in the 90s. Now she's grown up. And it's it's going to be this weird story where she thinks that, like, look, we were promised peace. We were promised a new home. And it's been 30 years. Not that we're not grateful for what we do have, but, but we've been living in the shadows for 30 years. And she's wanting action. It kind of reminds me of, like, maybe a refugee story where it's like, I want answers now. What do you think about that?
1: I had no idea what any of Secret Invasion was going to actually feel like when watching it, like what the I, I get the general gist of what the show's gonna be story-wise, but not what the feel of it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um I would like that kind of that would be a very unique twist for Marvel, I think, to do a show that's based on sort of a refugee story. I think that'd be yeah. super interesting and a a very good way to be able to Make the, uh, uh, the 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 shape-shifty aliens. I yeah. damn it, I can't think of what they're called. Scrolls. Um, the scrolls, yeah. Make the make the scrolls not immediately bad guys again. Like, I guess you wouldn't want to double but do a double turn. But
0: we yeah. do have Samuel it, Jackson try to hunt down bad scrolls. Like that is a part. Right. that's definitely a big part of it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but showing that there are two sides to every that's coin. Yeah. yeah,
0: which I think. We need that in more representation, more, more in all of the stuff we watch because I feel yeah. like there is, for one way or the other, I could be reading for one side or the other. I'm not going to say, you know, but but I do feel like we tend to only get one side. And look, we all have family members that think differently than us, so we still love them. Same thing with all the Star Wars, you know. Yeah. We could have everything. I think that's cool that that Marvel's taking that chance. Thunderbolts is adding Sung uh, Sung Jin as a writer. Uh, he's known as a, com- a comedic writer, like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He did uh, quite a few of their episodes. Uh, he's also worked on Dave and the show Beef. I've never heard of Beef, but he worked on that. It's one of his favorites. Um, so it sounds like Thunderbolts, which is going to be a kind of Suicide Squad show, is now leaning into comedy. Does Marvel need another comedy? Look at that. Don't, Look at that face. That says no.
1: <laughs> I'm So I'm not as adamantly against Marvel comedy as someone like Jonathan is. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think squeaks. It also wasn't a big fan of it.
0: Yeah. But Jonathan's yeah, not, a big proponent. His,
1: yeah. Jonathan is the one that I, I have heard that. Yeah. I've heard him say some very bad things about, uh, Thor Ragnarok that I disagree yeah. with. And then probably love and thunder as well. I think he hated that one as well, but
0: surprisingly likes that one more than Ragnarok. I don't understand it guys. I am tired of talking to him about <laughs> it. It makes no sense to me,
1: but, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that it doesn't that it necessarily needs a comedy or doesn't need a comedy. It's just, if it's good comedy, if it's bad comedy, if it's cheesy, what kind of comedy is it going to be? Um, yeah, I, I don't think that anything set with Thunderbolt. If, um, Harrison Ford's going to be a part of this project. I don't think it necessarily needs to be a comedy. Like that's not his forte.
0: Yeah.
1: That's, that's kind of how I see it.
0: Yeah. He could be the straight man though. Like the guy that's like, you know, the one that they're kind of poking around fun. I don't know. It's going to be tough because we also have winter soldier who's not a comedic person. Really? He usually plays a straight man in conversations, right.
1: but then but we, uh, we have Val who's uh Julia Louise Dreyfus, uh, who is a comedic genius. And yeah. her character is not like inherently like, ha ha funny, but the things and the way she says things are funny. So if yeah. they write the comedy in that sort of manner and, you know, she's going to be in the show, obviously, um, mm-hmm. then yeah, i kind of looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. It's going to be an interesting take on, on, uh, they, they. It sounds like they're going to be fighting a evil Superman type character. There are rumors. We'll say that they're talking to some past Superman actors, maybe even Henry Cavill, just because he's free and it would be a really good kind of ha 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 to DC yeah. to, to bring him in as an evil Superman.
1: So, yeah, so. that's kind of like uh, when. Uh... When, when Dean Ambrose was done with WWE, oh, here's AEW. They brought him on Dynamite the next week. Just ha ha yeah. ha. We signed him. We got <laughs> yeah. him. He's John Moxley now. He's not Dean Ambrose. <laughs> yeah, I can see the the DC uh, Marvel doing, the, doing that.
0: It would be. I would be. I would be all on board. It'd be like a Homelander as well from uh, the boys. Uh, there's also some rumors that they're going to be hunting for uh, Adamantium, which is, um, of course, the. Stuff that's all over Wolverine's bones. So we could also be leading into some X-Men stuff there too. Uh, that, that rumor is by a, a prominent leaker. So I actually think that one is legit. Um, yeah, I, I've heard
1: that one too. So
0: yeah. yeah. Anything else from Marvel? What do you, any, any any thoughts before we head out?
1: Um, no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good.
0: I'm kind of that way too right now. I'm not like overly excited about anything. Um, I'm just kind of on for the ride, which isn't something new for me. For the last 10 years, I've cared about Marvel too much. And now yeah. I'm kind of like, I really don't care. Whatever. That's whatever. Kind of, okay,
1: I will say this. I am more into Star Trek right now than I am Star Wars or Marvel, if that says anything, because of how good Star Trek Picard season three is.
0: Is oh, No spoilers, man. I'm, I'm trying to look build I, up I'm not Avengers. spoiling
1: anything, but it is incredible and has made me nice. not like The Mandalorian as much as I think I would if they weren't airing at the same
0: time. Hmm. Damn. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah. When it's outshining Mandalorian it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Season two of Picard was
1: good. Okay. It was not okay. great.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit too much of like Picard's childhood. And I, I, the Star Trek episodes where they go back in time are always like, these are interesting, but I get that they're saving money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It felt like that.
1: So. Season three is a love letter to the entirety of the, the TNG era. So if you're a fan of TNG DS nine Voyager, this is your show <laughs> oh, it's a follow-up to all three of those and it's so good it pays off so much so That's much great. yeah question
0: for you do they address the fact that the borg are apparently part of the federation temporarily? no that pisses me off that was such a stupid ending to picard season two
1: so <sighs> i i've read i follow terry metallis i'm not on twitter yes. anymore but when i when i was on twitter i followed terry metallis and he was saying that it's just they're just a rogue sect of Borg. She doesn't Jurati doesn't control oh, okay. the entire collective. It's just that, that group of Borg.
0: Literally a sigh of relief came into me when he did that, because like that was like the <laughs> Borg are one of my absolute favorite parts of Star Trek. And you just made them suck. <laughs> right.
1: So. Yeah. It'd be like okay. if the Daleks were all of a sudden uh the fans of Doctor Who of the of the 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 Time Lords god damn it oh, man. I, i'm not a you Doctor stepped Who in some person. shit
0: walked around didn't you yep yep i did i did I, i'm like back out back out <laughs> oh man all right uh when that finishes i want you to come on board if you can come up come back and give us a review for the whole season i'll try to binge it once I, i'm trying to let them build up a little bit because that show to me does not do well one at a time personally
1: yeah so. picard will end the same week as season three of the mandalorian
0: oh well i'll we'll have both to I talk think. about then yeah <laughs> that'll be good <laughs> All right, uh, let's, I'm going to leave you guys with some network news. We have, again, the Sacramento Grand Prix coming April 15th. Come and hang out with us. Uh, it is, I swear, every day I'm talking to somebody new, and it's getting bigger and bigger. So cannot wait for that. Uh, the medals are coming in soon. We're going to have first second, pla- first, second, and third place medals, and uh, we're giving out a gift card to GameStop first place. Um, we're also going to have a booth on the floor for CCS. That's on April 15th. And we're also going to have a separate room that's just ours where we're going to be playing retro games and. Mario Kart and all kinds of stuff in a separate room, too. It's going to be really, really big. It's pretty cool. And we actually just found out, not only do we have the theater upstairs for the tournament, we have the big monitor downstairs, too, like we had last year. So we're going to have some of our trials on there. There's some cool stuff coming, guys. Check us out. Okay. Uh, news: The new newsletter is out right now. Uh, Disney Moms uh, celebrating one year. So check out their new episode. They're recording it live. Uh, there will be drinks. So just keep an eye on that. And uh, they're all using my mics, so I know the mics will sound good. That'll be great. Challenge accepted. Uh, We're done with Christopher Nolan month. It was extremely heavy, extremely dense month. So the idea was like we needed a palate cleanser. My suggestion, the challenge for for Thomas was reading Rainbow, and he's never really seen it much. So we're jumping in on LeVar Burton there, too. (laughs) That's the most opposite nice. Christopher Nolan. I could think of <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yep. <yeah. laughs> oh, what are your recommendations uh, heading out?
1: Okay. I have one recommendation that I am shocked to be recommending. I thought. <sighs> I'm sorry to end this on Ubisoft. I thought of all mm-hmm. of the Assassin's Creed games, the most skippable game would have been syndicate. Uh, I was wrong. Syndicate I- is probably the best best Assassin's Creed game that is not Black Flag. It, so it might be it. the second best Assassin's That's Creed. That's kind game. of how they would say
0: that, but yeah, like it. Right, <laughs> right yeah, yeah, I, I had to lead it.
1: I had to, you know, let's list it a little yeah. bit, make it yeah, a little intrigued to what I was saying. More than
0: Ezio story game the uh, stories, huh?
1: I believe so. It's it's wow. a culmination of all the stuff that went wrong in Unity was fixed in Syndicate. And it just it feels so coherent and there's so much variety in what you do and the controls feel great which is weird for an assassin's creed game i think yeah. it's just maybe it's just where my mind is at right now but it's it's a very easy game to just play for a little bit and drop out drop in drop out and mm-hmm. assassin's creed normally isn't like that for me
0: yeah so unity is great because game. i keep playing one mission <laughs> and I'm like i'm i'm out yeah. A, i'll play this again in six months
1: <laughs> yeah that game you can probably beat the entire story in like six seven hours and just never play the game again Unity's not good
0: it's syndicate, it's it's so redemption junky, but i'm glad that yeah. syndicate's good i noticed that ubisoft it's funny you bring this up i noticed ubisoft is advertising syndicate more uh i like oh if you go oh. to the actually you play stores like that i'm like why are they pushing syndicate so hard so maybe there's going to be a follow-up to it or actually sorry not a follow-up I bet it's because the new one that's coming out, can't remember the name because I'm bad at my job, is um, is going to be like more in line with that gameplay, probably.
1: Okay, I was. Uh, that's weird because I think that Unity and Syndicate kind of led the way to what Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla ended up becoming, and Mirage was going to go back to basics with like the the first Assassin's Creed game. Okay, but it. Yeah. it I guess even unity and syndicate kind of have a lot of that same feeling to it. So you could be right. I thought syndicate was a lot
0: like the first game. That's what threw me off. I didn't know that there was leaning towards the uh, the
1: newer thing. Like it's very big, but there's not as much random shit to do. Like it's not just unity. You open up your map and there's like literally like hundreds of markers, map marker. So much that it's
0: overwhelming and you get frustrated. It's weird with
1: syndicate. You get maybe 30. Like it, the world's big, but it's it feels more co- coherent and concise.
0: Does it feel like the story goes from point A to point B? Because I like, like I like the newer games, but it feels like there's so much to do in the world, so open that I'm just kind of like, oh, that's right, this is part of that story I was supposed to be doing.
1: Oh, that's the weird thing because you you have two main characters, and some story missions pl- you play as the, um, the the guy, the male twin Jacob, mm-hmm. and other ones you play as the female twin Evie, and. They kind of both have one story, but they're separate ways of playing. I don't know. It does feel a little less coherent with two characters and the fact that the side missions you can or you can avoid them or do them at will for Charles Dickens and uh, uh, Charles Darwin and Karl Marx. <laughs> there's, <Yeah. characters, laughs> there's side missions for all three of those characters and a couple others. Um, yeah. Okay. Maybe you're right. It is back to basics. It's back to the the almost the Ezio, the Ezio. Yeah. Because you do the Da Vinci story and stuff like that. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's before okay. it got all big and grandiose and insane. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. It's good.
0: Maybe that's what Ubisoft's leaning in on. And I'm for that. That's great. Am, that no, and, no. and good working conditions. Those are two things that could work on. That'd be great. Yeah. Be uh, awesome. <laughs> my recommendations is now that I finished Bad Batch, I've got to say, guys, I think you need to go back to watching Star Wars animation and give it a shot. I will do this one caveat. You could probably watch a preview on YouTube on like what happened in the first season. For Clone Wars, Rebels, and Bad Batch. The second, I mean, the second season of Rebels is stupid. It's like so freaking good, it's just unreal. <laughs> I mean, the way it ends is like, I don't think any Star Wars movie can meet that. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but but yeah, I do suggest you guys revisit those. I've heard we've we've did a poll online through the Challenge Accepted Twitter account uh to see because the viewership for Mandalorian is down right now. My argument is that I think it's just because people, much like with Picard are waiting to binge it all at one time there, you know, that way you're not paying for two months at Disney plus because who else is watching Disney plus outside of, you know, uh, Ma- the Mandalorian, right? I mean, if it's not a Marvel thing or a Star Wars thing, eh. so there's that. And, and so we put a poll out there. And one of the questions we were asking is because it's so connected to the animated series. Is that why you're watching it less, uh, for the most part, everybody, like most people said, no, most people said that they're just waiting or they're not watching it for, because of that. Um, but there were people that were frustrated with the Mandalorian because it's so connected to the clone wars and stuff like that, which is over 90 hours of story. So it's a lot. So my suggestion to you guys is dive into one of those three series. Um, I think rebels is going to be the most important right now. And I'd say you could possibly start at the third season of rebels, but second season, super, super good. So don't miss second season. But yeah. Check those That's- out guys
1: that's the other reason why i think that starting over with something brand new off in the distant time like either in the past or in the future yeah would do wonders for star wars because you don't have to watch just like with marvel you have to watch so mm-hmm. much of it to be able to catch up with the current stuff it's it's kind of, it's a lot it's a lot i but- i
0: was uh so i introduced my parents to the mandalorian because i was like you know this is a western i know you guys don't like any star wars or anything sci-fi or anything geek so let's try out the mandalorian and they liked it but i have to sit there and explain like Okay, so that thing is really awesome. Let me explain why. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> see, this is Cad Bane. Cad Bane is a character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Cad Bane is the cool. Book, and you see the, the dent Boba Fett, on Boba yeah. Fett's helmet? Let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so the delete is no no never mind, never mind, never mind.
0: <laughs> but it's, I, it's blowing my dad away cuz he's like, "So what the hell is that thing?" And I'm like, Okay, so this is what it is. It has an de- entirely dedicated webpage to it. <laughs> like, it, it, <laughs> he's blown away by the fact that like everything in Star Wars has a name and an origin and everything about it. Oddly enough, Yoda is one of the few things that doesn't have a fully explained origin. Yeah. <laughs> everything else does. <laughs> but yeah. And then like when I'm crying watching Kelly and Beck do things, and they're like, "What's going on? Why are you so excited?" I'm like, "This guy deserved redemption." <laughs> 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 ah, my best is the best. <laughs> so yeah all right guys uh that is it for us this week thank you very much for joining us next week we're going to do one more episode prepping us for ccs and then the following week is going to be a live recording we're also going to have interviews next week it's going to be a big story so uh, come hang out with us and we'll see you guys next time bye